Mike Bray has decided to make it his last year at Notre Dame. You know, when you're the winningest coach, you go out how you feel. And I think going out knowing you can retire instead of getting kicked out the door is probably the best bet. But who are potential looks for Notre Dame? Is the Notre Dame job even desirable? Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mike Bray has decided to retire after the 2023 season from Notre Dame men's basketball. The winningest coach is decided to take his talents to, you know, whatever he wants to do. Probably a analyst job because he is very good at what he does. Who's the sixth all-time winning is coach still playing the game, participating in coaching, doing all the things. So we're going to talk about all of that good stuff. Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack each and every day. You can find us here talking about the Atlantic Atlantic Coast Conference. We're on our way to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, so make sure you hit that subscribe button or listen to us wherever you get podcasts. Kenton, how did you feel when the news broke up the Notre Dame coach no longer being a part of the ACC, Mike Bray? You know, uh, Mike Bray is, is really one of those coaches that at the end of the day, as much as people like to talk about Notre Dame and cash being king and, and football being king and, and bringing in all the cash and all that, he bought Notre Dame basketball to relevance, period, period. You can say what you want about, well, I think Digger Phelps was a better coach. I mean, Digger was there longer maybe or about the same amount of time, but Digger doesn't have the same type of compliments in terms of coach of the year, in terms of leading teams to the elite eight and things of that sort. So, you know, he's coach, coach Bray is one of those coaches that you look at his career and you say he's a hall of very good guy. Like he's going to end up in the Notre Dame hall of fame for sure. He's going to end up in, in, in the South Bend hall of fame and all that. But as far as, you know, um, like the, if there was a college basketball hall of fame, um, I don't think that he would quite be there, but I think that he's had an excellent career. As easy as it is to get into any basketball hall of fame, I don't think that the sixth among active NCAA coaches it has the most victories at 481. It's not going to get a look or a nod. I didn't say he wasn't going to get a look. Again, okay. all of the hall of very good guys, like you look at me, you're like, oh, are they getting But honestly, you're right, though. In, in, in fully considering it, the basketball hall of fame is uh, pretty easy to get into. Would he get into the college hall of fame? I would say yes, actually. Now that I think about it, if we're talking college Hall of Fame, he would, he would get there. But, you know, the Basketball Hall of Fame is pretty easy. I'm not going to say it's easy to get in there, but uh, it's easier than some other Hall of Fames. Like baseball, you got the, the greatest home run hitter of all time out. Football, Lord knows, people be crying and throwing up for years to get in, not talking about any specific cowboy, but that's another story for another time. Uh, long story short, it's, you know, it, I, I think he'll get in. A 314 to 76 record at home. Bray has been a staple in South Bend, and it's time 
for a change of the guards. And you know, when you talk about Coach K leaving, you talk about Roy leaving, you talk about Bray now leaving and maybe Bayham one day or what have you, it's, it's clear to me that there's a shift in just the way coaches, you know, are used to things happening. And then with this new NIL action, the transfer portal, who wants to keep up when you've been used to a certain way? So I'm not surprised by any means that Bray has decided to take his talents uh, to the to the couch. I mean, not just that. These coaches, with all due respect, Tom waits on no man, right? Like I saw a TikTok today where a woman said, my baby was just born yesterday. My child is probably going to live to 2100. Yeah. That's how time works. All these coaches, they're getting old. Like, as much as we love them, as great of coaches as they are, as all the things, all of these coaches, except Bray, had, like, very significant health problems going on. And it was like, you probably need to go sit down somewhere. You The back problems, vertigo, all that stuff. You need to go sit out. It's time. It's time. Go be with your family. You've given everything that you can plus some to this university. It's time to go sit down. And Bray's in that category. If he's given everything to know. I don't think Notre Dame can ask too much of them. Um, so it's time. Go enjoy working in the booth or, you know, doing one of those. I'm no longer on staff, but I'll still show up to a top recruiter to his house for the team. Whatever the case may be. Go on. Go on. You deserve it, Mike Bray. Excellent career. Uh, great career. You know, it's it's but it's time. I think what's not mentioned a lot of times when you talk about this new NIL, you talk about transfer portal is how year round college athletics has become. You don't get necessarily even sort of a break because you're always trying to figure out who's staying, who's going, who do I need to recruit? I have to pay attention not only to high school kids now, but I also have to pay to Juco and guys who are probably, you know, at these power five conferences decided that whatever place they didn't get enough minutes and all the things. So to me, it's tiring. Again, like I said, you're used to a certain way. You're used to only having you to come in when it's time to handshake and sign the deal versus now that you damn near have to be on somebody's trail, you know, out most of the time throughout uh, the entire year. I'm going to tell you this. Coach Leonard Hamilton said, I don't let grass grow underneath my feet. And that's the nature of these, these, uh, what sports is now. I mean, if we're looking at the NCAA back in its inception, sure, you had downtime and like it was like, oh, yeah, we've had a fine season and we'll see you next year, kid. Like, sure. But now it's, it's not that. Like, even if we weren't talking NIL and all those things, in order to stay competitive, you have to make this a year-round endeavor. Even if we're talking the traditional way of doing it before NIL was introduced, you're still looking at a much more year-round game uh, than what this was in years past. And so with that being said, again, yes, the game is passing some of these coaches by in terms of like, oh, we don't recruit one and duns. No, we're never going to pay players. Sure, have fun losing. But with that being said, um, for for the folks who do, again, Bray is 63 years old. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, but think of the 63-year-old. Think of your favorite 63-year-old right now, right? Would you want them yelling up and down, running up and down the court, yelling at 20-year-olds tomorrow? Probably not. Probably not. Hey, good job. Go on and enjoy your retirement, Bray. 
I think my last and final thought about this, though, is it's nice to have coaches be able to leave on their own accord. And even if it's like a hard conversation, you know, I think it's always good instead of having that whole we're going to fire you or part ways or let you go deciding, you know, when you're the winningest coach, when your name should probably be on the court when it's all said and done in Mike Bray Arena or whatever you want to make it. You know, I think that Mike has done enough to where going out on your own like, hey, I understand, you know, not winning enough conference games certainly does not help the situation. And again, having to be on that recruiting trail, try to figure it out. And I'm tired. There ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, at the end of the again, he's more power to him. Great career. Again, keeping Notre Dame in basketball relevance and all that. It's time. It's time. It is, and there's certain people that it's past time for that, you know, they need to join these coaches in retirement, not looking at anybody in particular. Uh, especially not in the state of New York, um, especially not in a city called Syracuse, not looking at anybody. I'm just saying it's it's time for more coaches to, you know, hey, I, I have fun with this, but uh, I probably need to go on to that next venture life. But I will say this, though. You know, some coaches really will enjoy doing this for forever and a day until um, until that time where it's, it's, you know, time to go on to the great beyond. So, more power to the coaches who want to stay forever, but also more power to the coaches like Bray that are like, hey, I don't need to have health problems. I don't need to have everything deteriorating around me for me to realize this time. And like you said, going out on your own accord a little bit. Now, when we talk about who could potentially be coming behind Bray, you know, there's been some successors already built in when we talk about some of the staple teams in our ACC. But a lot of people are feeling away about recent hires and love to get your thoughts here. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends like who will become the next coach of Notre Dame men's basketball right there on betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet mm, there it is we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting information head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because bet online is simply where the game starts Rocking and rolling with Kenton Gibbs of Locked On ACC joining us four days a week. We usually have Jersey Drake, who has stepped away for the week, but he will be back to give you all that betting action going into the weekend. Now, recent hires for the ACC. You got Louisville's Kenny Payne. You got Duke's John Shire. You got UNC's Hubert Davis. You got Boston College's Earl Grant. A lot of people talking about some of these being fall flat hires, not the best hires. People are putting pressure on Notre Dame to get the next best thing correct. No pressure fighting Irish, but pressure. It's the ACC basketball. There's always going to be pressure. There's always going to be pressure. Like, that's just the reality there. With that being said, these new hires have been rough. But I don't know how you guys get the Hubert Davis hire has been rough when he was literally in the national championship game. Okay. I don't understand that. First of all, when I say new hires, I mean them as a whole. Yes, you have two guys in Shire and Hubie who have been to final fours and national championships already. Absolutely. But there is not, there's a a thing called averages and we got four folks to talk about here because those other two have not, again, if it was just about Boston college being the other coaches, like, Hey man, this Boston college basketball dude. Like, but wait, 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 go back, go back, go back. Cause John Shire ain't been to nowhere yet. John Shire definitely went to final four. As As a head coach. We're talking about head coaching. The final four wasn't Duke and Carolina when he was With the head coach. Coach K was the oh, coach. Oh, Coach K was the head coach when he was the oh, okay. Coach K was the head coach last year. Where or what 
Yes. Where, where were you when okay, North Carolina, North Carolina played Duke and they embarrassed them at I'm Cameron and the whole speech and I we didn't want to talk? I got you. I got you. My mind kind of blocked out that entire moment. Uh, hey, there's plenty of people in uh, that Royal Blue that blocked that out. So don't it even worry all, about it. It was also, not, trust me, I blocked out both of those. I can't remember when Roy retired either because I'm just like, I don't really care. Y'all retired made this, on April 1st. Y'all made this about yourselves. You made a big deal. I don't like it. Don't like it. Roy didn't. Roy didn't. Roy didn't. I was just about to say, Roy did. Please, if you can let me finish, Roy didn't. But Coach K made it like a really big deal. I didn't really. I mean, more power to you. You can do that if you want, but I don't, I don't personally like it. But anyway. With that being said, um, yeah, so, okay, Shire, this is Shire's first year. That Duke team hasn't looked great. I mean, but I think it's too early after, what, year one to say, oh, my God, you're a terrible hire. Knock it off. Um, But he hasn't looked great. And the other coaches, again, Louisville does not look like bad. This is terrible. This is a clown show. This is again one of the worst power five teams in the history of Ken Palm rankings or power six, actually. One of the worst power six teams in the history of Ken Palm rankings. So, yeah, yeah, people are a little justified in saying some of these hires are mm, not doing great. If one guy has good grades and everybody else is failing. I just went through this with my chapter. It's not going to work out. The entire GPA as a whole is going to be down. It's going to be low. So I'm sorry, but these new hires aren't looking too hot to start. And I think that, you know, that puts pressure on Notre Dame to get it right. But I think it's still got to give people time. I'm not even, I don't even envision who from, does is Notre Dame job even sexy? Because if you think about it, you're coming after Bray, who was the winningest coach. You got to go up against some really good teams between North Carolina Duke. Miami, NC State, Wake Forest. Like, you're not the staple team, especially after these recent seasons. So there's a lot of pressure, and you're sort of the afterthought when it comes to Notre Dame athletics. You talk about Notre Dame football because Bray made it what it was, but man, oh, man, are you going to keep it what it is or even try and bring it back to relevancy? So here's here's the deal. Notre Dame has certain disadvantages, but they also have certain advantages that other universities don't. So, for example, the degree at Notre Dame hits different. Like, that's a very – and if you're building your program in a way that, like, you know, all right, we're going to get one or two one-and-dones here and there that are going to be really good, but for the most part, we're going to build this program around guys who are going to be here for three to four years. For example, like what the Tony Bennett has done at Virginia, because when's the last time you saw a, a, a group of one-and-dones leave Virginia, right? Like, you get one or two, you surround them by guys who've been in the program for years, and then you kind of figure it out from there. Um, that's a possibility to happen at Notre Dame because, again, UVA is one, another one of those institutions that their academics are top notch, and that's you know, it, it's it's a it's a bonus when you're looking at basketball and when you're looking at a situation where you're saying, objectively speaking, some of the teams and some of the upsets that we see early in the year are simply because, sure, you've got all the five stars; they're all 18 years old. They all still think that hoop mixtapes are like an amazing thing to have and like they're actually good ball. So, yeah. A thousand percent. You know, we'd be remiss if we did not talk about the matchups that happened on Wednesday. If you listen to the show, you heard us get a little bit confused by I say we, me get a little bit confused about how it went down with the lineup, but it's okay. I always figure it out. I come back to Virginia. They listened to the show. 
because I gave them the it's more than likely going to be Virginia that ultimately comes out on top. And they said, oh, bet that they played against their rival Virginia Tech and they handled business. A lot of people were feeling like Virginia Tech. Oh, they're trying to shake off the cobwebs. They're a really good team. Mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I take it back. I take it back. I take it. I don't I don't I don't know what's going on there at uh, Virginia Tech, but it's looking it's looking dicey. Uh, Mutz and company are looking like uh, frauds. They're looking real fraud-like right oh, now. Oh, we love a fraud alert. We love looking real fraud, fraud right now. They look scam likely is is a, but it's say on the call log. Yeah, it's also difficult because North Carolina, you know, you lose to Virginia Tech at the beginning of the season. Yes, it's the beginning of the season. You don't hold much grain, but that's a bad loss upon further review. Uh, I mean. How good – see, that's a bad loss if you think UNC is really good. Like, that's the only way that's a bad loss. Like, if you see UNC is like a slightly above bubble team, then you're like, eh, it's a loss that happens. Huh. Okay. Okay, that's how you're in North Carolina I, right now. Again, I I have told y'all – I came on this show, and people always say, can you never say anything nice about North Carolina and your NC State bias shows every time? I came on this show, and I said that this team – was going to be as good as advertised. I said that this North Carolina team going into the season, I believe that they were going to be, that they had figured something out, something clicked at the end of the season, and it was going to click all this year. And boy, was I wrong. So hey, you, could still be, you could still be made a liar, and you could be proven right in saying that things turn around. We've still got time. Don't ask me for nothing else nice. You know when your mama bought you your school clothes and your play clothes and you went to school in the nice clothes, in the in the real dressy clothes, and you got them dirty, and she said, you got to keep them. Don't ask me for nothing else. Don't ask, That's what I'm looking at UNC with right now. I gave you your nice thing, and you threw it back in my face and embarrassed me. Okay, please put the mic back down. You're screaming. I All right, pit. on the butt, and I pull back a handful of crap. Don't ask me for nothing else nice. Okay. Pitt played Louisville on Wednesday night, and it was yet another example of Louisville being a why, why, Lord, why team. It is, again, as you mentioned with Kenny Payne, been difficult. Does Kenny Payne survive one year? I don't know. I, I very seriously, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, there's no way that they can one and done them. There's no way. And as things continue to go on here, again, like, but it's like there's no even there's like it's not even a scandal. There's not even anything crazy or wild going on. He's not having to like clean up having a bunch of no. Like I I can't put my finger. I can't put my finger. Very seriously, this this Louisville team does not play a single game for the rest of the year where they'll probably be favored unless there's a lot of injuries coming to well, some, some of the worst teams on this on their schedules on their e- schedule. Even right. then. If you play, if you had to play your bench players right now, I think a lot of teams would have a good chance. Here's here's what I mean with that. This that means that if if Vegas is right, this team is gonna finish the entire season with two wins. I hate leaving dead air, but let let that marinate for a second. But I mean, that was like the year that Tina Thompson only got them girls to win two. Okay, but where is Tina? <laughs> I was just about to say, what happened to Tina? What? Oh my God, what happened to Tina? They got rid of her. They, hey, honey, it's been great. You're she at legend. least got what two to three seasons out of it, but Kenny You're, might not make it. Kenny he might, might not make it might. because Louisville is like a. They're kind of a brand name in basketball. Like you can't. Who killed Kenny? <laughs> Cardinals boosters? Because what? 
Because they, they're not going to take this. They're not going to take this. I mean, this is... It's, just a, it's passing barrier. Because, uh, again, what is the reason? It's not like you have... You don't have scrubs go to Louisville. And the thing is, like, every university, it doesn't matter who you are. The best of us, the worst of us, you have your peaks and valleys. You know, their peaks are up there with anybody's peaks. Final Four run, National Championship, their peaks. We're up there with anybody's peaks. This valley is crazy. Like, this is... I mean, and, and if you look at some of the other teams around the conference, other than like Boston College, who else has a valley this low? Like in recent history, recent memory, where you look up and you're like, you can't even put this on Boston College. That that one season where they like literally had to go get the towel boy to be in the game. Yeah, yeah I get, you. I get yeah, you. Yeah, and they were like, oh, I just the guy was crying and said he just enjoyed going to dinner with the team, and it was so heartwarming because it's like. Even through all this, you can still see that it means so much to these players. But darn it, that meaning a lot to them doesn't mean that they'll get a win. I'll tell yeah. you what. Uh, That's a t- it's a tough scene in Louisville, Kentucky. We got to switch gears and talk about the women here because it was ladies night on Thursday. And boy, did we have a few shows, a few popcorn ready events happen for ACC women's basketball. Let's start at the top. We got Virginia Tech playing Pitt and boy, oh boy, Pitt showed promise. They have not yet won an ACC game, but if this one was a, hey, chin up, you're almost there. It certainly was that, a 69-62 to victory, but it was much closer, even in my opinion, than that. But Kitley certainly showed up. Malia Johnson on the pit side certainly did her thing, but it just wasn't enough. Sometimes at the end of the day, it comes down to fundamentals. If you don't rebound, if you don't rebound, child, you can't put some points in the basket. It's a long day. I mean, not only that, but Georgia Moore really was the star of the show for Virginia Tech yeah. in terms of, of uh, getting them 20 points, 21 points in a very efficient manner as well. That is the type of stuff that you need when your team is kind of sleepwalking. And this team was sleepwalking a little bit. This team was like, eh, we don't really feel like playing tonight. But at the end of the day, they had enough. And every win, they say it's like a baby. May not be the prettiest baby, but it's your baby. And that's all that matters. They got the win. A win is a win, and they move on. A hundred percent. Speaking of a win is a win, down multiple players. NC State was able to figure out how to beat the Twins down in Miami. The 71-61 victory for the Pack was certainly a move in the right direction as the team tried to bounce back from some shaky offensive performances in, the, in recent games. But it was what, Sanaya Richards, I believe, that stole the show? Let me tell you something. This team here, yes, Sanaya Rivers did, but this team here, was one that I'm looking at and I'm scratching my head and going, okay, we're down 14-2 to Miami. What's going on here? And then all of a sudden, it felt like they realized that. They said, wait a minute. We're down 14 to who? And went on an 18-2 to two run or something like that? After that, I mean, who we? It was like they just remembered like, oh, yeah, we're, we're a really good team here. I'm going to tell you. They were they were on the bubble of being called frauds. They were on that fraud bubble. Scam likely. Hey, they had to do it. They they was calling people talking about turn hundreds into thousands now. But this team, they did what they needed to do. They turned up the defensive intensity. And at the end of the day, I'm not sure what type of season this is going to be based upon their health and all that good stuff. But this is a win that ultimately means a lot because again. This team was in a bit of a tailspin. And when you are in a situation where you're losing four of your last six, any win that that you get is a good one. 
came down to a three-point victory for the Fighting Irish, 57 to 54. Notre Dame and Olivia Miles' 20 points gave them the dub over Clemson. And it wasn't Notre Dame the whole way. It was Clemson for the majority, but Notre Dame figured out who they were as well and were able to pick pull out the victory. The crazy part about this game to me is that Clemson has shown time and time again, especially this this team in really big moments, has like the inability to score late. I believe that they were a part of the game where there was no scoring for the last four minutes of the game. And like, it's like when they they get down that stretch, I know that their coach is like, hey, everybody to the baseline because we're going to run and run and run some more and we'll figure out how to score when we're tired because this here is just, I mean, it's, it's it's a little bit astounding to see the way in which these struggles, these late game struggles, continue to plague them. But credit to uh, credit to Olivia Miles and Notre Dame for doing what needs to be done to pull out a W and N. Absolutely, Florida State took care of Virginia, seventy seven to sixty eight. Louisville took care of Boston College, seventy three to sixty five. Georgia Tech took care of Syracuse, sixty nine to fifty seven. But it was the marquee matchup of the evening that had everyone with their popcorn ready. The sixty one to fifty six dub for the Tar Heels at Carmichael Arena in Chapel Hill. It was, you know. Pretty exciting times in a mediocre, medium-sized arena. I think that the heels definitely put on a show. Deja Kelly figured with all the world's stage and everyone's looking at me, I might as well do the damn thing in my pink nails and my long, and my you know, cute bun and all the stuff. Her and Alyssa Usby held it down. But I think what's been special about the heels this season is it's not always one person having to carry the load. Sometimes you just surprisingly have another player figuring it out. And this time it was the superstar, Deja Kelly. I'm so sick and tired of both of these UNC teams. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right when I wrote off this UNC women's basketball. And you did. Can you please say apologies? Oh, my God. They're struggling and they're going into this tough stretch and this stretch. What what I've seen of them, they were coming off of four. and, And here's the thing, right? You can look at me and say, oh, I owe them an apology and I'm so wrong. And how did I ever predict that? Let me tell you something. This team was not one that looked good in any way at that point. Not in any way. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they wake up after losing to four teams that are nowhere near the quality of the four they just beat. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're good again. We're we're all right. Yeah, we're, they are. We're all right. They're three and no against ranked opponents, but you know what the gag is in terms of having a slow start? It ain't they honestly haven't gotten better. They've just been able to hold other teams off because those offense, these last two offensive performances have not been good. I don't care what nobody say. First half, only 21 points. Come on, dog. The thing is, it doesn't matter. I know that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And, And again, to me, I'm I don't this. UNC women's basketball team is confusing to me because you don't know who's going to show up. You don't know. And in terms of who's going to show up. Isn't that nice? Isn't that part of the surprise? No, no, I don't <laughs> like surprises. I've never, been the type. I've never been the type to like surprises. Okay. And with that being said, I like consistent. I like steady. I like knowing that you're going to be there every single night. And I don't know which version this UNC team is going to show up. I don't know. Are we going to get the version that lost to Miami? Are we going to get the version that beat uh, NC State? Are we going to get the version that lost to Florida State? 
are we which one are we gonna get? Nobody but, knows, but uh, but hey, they showed up and beat Duke tonight, and that's what matters. And that's cool, but also isn't that exciting if you are a team like the Tar Heels for all of these girls who are in the ACC? There is you haven't even reached your floor, you're not playing above your heads yet. There are a lot of teams that were I'm looking at saying maybe you could be like a Miami this postseason and have a great run. Maybe you could be like a North Carolina and really get a deep run where people are like, okay, maybe we should pay attention to them next year and look how they're going. So I'm saying they don't they haven't even reached their full potential, and that's exciting. That to me is very problematic for one reason and one reason only. Okay. This Wait a, is, you love to bust the bubble, bro. You just love to bust let the me bubble. Tell you, when I looked at when I looked at uh what was that team from last year? When I looked at Notre Dame last year, right? And I saw all that they had going on. And 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 you know what? I'll tell you this. Actually, I redact that former statement. I'll tell you this. I'm I'm gonna push up your North Carolina girls in their bubble. I'll tell you this. This North Carolina team actually does have the making to do what Notre Dame has done this year. And that remember last year, what I said about Notre Dame, they were a very good team when they were rolling at their best, they could play with anybody, but when they had an off night, they could lose to anybody. All of a sudden they get a year older. Everybody gets a little better and they're, they're a, a powerhouse. Now you know, she's in a very similar position. I, I believe their best players are all juniors. Everybody's coming back. Most likely like they Good for them. Good for so them. So you're you saying know? they're still not going to figure it out this year. It's going to take one more year. No, this is the knock on the door year. Next year is the kick the door down. I thought year. last year. Okay. All right. I felt like last year was my knock on the door year, but what do I know? All I know is there's a lot of great basketball happening around the conference. If you are not yet excited about it, I promise you it's only going to get better. So make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast so you can be prepped and ready, whether it's between your bets or just getting your opinions off. Please leave us comments in the YouTube section. Like I said, subscribe to that channel because we are so close to 1,000. I can almost taste it. Make sure you follow our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us five stars, all the good things. If you talk to us, we certainly talk back for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Until next time.